1: Hello and welcome to Off The Bench, wherever you may be listening around Western Australia. My name is Lincoln Allen and I'm filling in for Pete Flahos this afternoon. I hope everyone is enjoying the beginning of the festive season, but as always, there is plenty of sport to digest. On the program today, we'll be chatting with SEN Big Bash commentator Sam Hargraves ahead of the Perth Scorchers clash with the Melbourne Stars this afternoon at the City Power Centre. A bit later on in the program, we'll hear from David Warner's former opening partner, Chris Rogers, after he spoke to SEN Breakfast this morning. On the topic of cricket, we are of course just days away from Christmas, which more importantly for cricket fans means the Boxing Day test is fast approaching. It does seem incomprehensible that after a historic win in just two days at the Gabba that Australia would consider making any changes to their lineup. but nonetheless, by all reports... 58 Test match veteran Josh Hazelwood is fit and firing to make his return to the Australian lineup after missing the last two matches. This poses the question, does in-form Victorian hero Scott Boland get dropped for the match, or will the 11 remain unchanged? Later on in the show, I'll play some audio of some of SEN's experts who gave their thoughts on the selection standoff. Another talking point for the Boxing Day Test is, of course, the form of David Warner. Former Australian all-rounder Simon O'Donnell spoke about Warner's form on SEN Breakfast earlier in the week.
2: I don't subscribe mm. to the argument, oh, you know, he, he may turn the corner. Yeah, you know, when you're talking your elite, your best 11 cricketers in the country, you know, there, there's no, there can't be the tolerance of, oh, he might in time. Because, you know, there's too much on the line in representing a country and winning those games to take the risk of he might in time. That, that That's not a saying that, should be of any consequence whatsoever in selection of a cricket team.
1: That was Simon O'Donnell there on SEN Breakfast earlier in the week. Something that hasn't been getting as much attention surrounding Warner is that Monday's MCG test will be his 100th test match. So let's all hope that that achievement can be celebrated as well. In other cricket news, Australia's women's team will have its long-time captain back for the one-day international series against Pakistan next month, with Meg Lanning returning from a five-month break from the game. After winning Commonwealth Games Gold with Australia in August, Lanning stepped away from the game indefinitely for personal reasons, with Rachel Haynes, Alyssa Healy and Talia McGrath stepping into the captaincy role in her absence. In AFL news, a number of re-signings have been announced over the past 24 hours, including Hawthorne mid-season sensation Jai Newcomb. Newcomb was of course selected with pick two in the 2021 mid-season draft, and after a breakout 2022 season, which included winning the AFLCA Best Young Player Award, he assigned an extension with the Hawks until the end of the 2026 season. There's also some good news for fellow Collingwood fans after reigning Best and Fairest winner Jack Crisp turned his back on free agency, signing with the Magpies for an additional three seasons. Along with Crisp, the club's leading goal kicker over the past four seasons, Brody Meyerchek has signed on for two more years. In some less positive AFL news, Carlton superstar Sam Walsh has undergone surgery on his back and is expected to miss the first month of the 2023 AFL season. It's now time for a break. On the other side, we'll catch up with SEN Big Bash commentator Sam Hargraves. You're listening to Off The Bench. Welcome back to Off The Bench. We are lucky enough to be joined by SEN Big Bash commentator Sam Hargraves. Sam, thanks for joining us. Lincoln,
0: always a pleasure, mate.
1: I know you're a very busy man and you may be mid-show, but before we touch on the scorches, you've been calling Big Bash Games for a number of years now. How have you felt this year's competition has started comparative to previous years?
0: I think it's got off to a great start. I think we're seeing teams that uh, had finished lower last year rising up the ranks. The Renegades are 3-0, and Um, I think at the moment, the ball is very much the dominant discipline, um, which is making games really interesting and giving us a lot of close games. We're seeing a lot of tight finishes, down to the wire finishes, nail-biters, which is uh, is only good for the games itself. If you walk away after having seen an exciting contest, it doesn't always have to be high-scoring, but if it's a thrilling finish then fans get their money's worth and viewers um, get their viewership worth, uh, so to speak. So I think it's been a really good start with some strong performance. And I think the addition of some bigger names into the competition, having Andre Russell back and Fatou Plessy, um, you know Alex Hales uh, coming back into the competition, has been here for a while now. Some of the moves during the off-season, Chris Lynn going to the strikers, John O' Wells, going to the Renegades, so having some big names, some big moves, it gave us plenty to talk about in the lead-up, and I think the cricket has been, most importantly, exciting.
1: Onto the scorches now, Sam. They started the year off with a comprehensive win over the Sixers, where they won by 38 runs in Perth, and they backed it up with a very disappointing loss to the Hurricanes, given they were in such a good position. How do you see them going this afternoon against the Stars?
0: Well, I think it'll be a great game. Um the Scorchers are the the, the best-performed big-bash side in the history of it. The only team to have won four titles. They're the reigning champs as well. We've got to remember, too, the upheaval that they had in their off-season. So not only are none of their draftees from the BBL draft able to play – um, they lost Mitch Marsh as well. So they've had to bring in people at the last minute. They've had to find what their best lineup is looking like. Um, but they've got a fantastic culture under Adam Voges, just long established before that, even from, you know, from the Justin Langer days of being in charge. So this is a team that just knows how to win. Winning's part of their. DNA. Um, So they're very, very well led. They've got a world-class bowling lineup. Joe Richardson back um, seems to have got over his injury concerns and Fath Duplassie, we know, is as good as any in the short form of the game. So when uh, he can get started, um, Aaron Hardy I'm a big fan of. So I think they've got all the elements. It'll just take them a little longer than they had previously envisioned of getting into the season. But once they hit their stride, um, they'll be very tough to beat. I think they'll be tough to beat today. The Stars are in a similar predicament you know they've got players missing they're still uh, getting their best lineup sorted world-class bowling um, with adam Zampa, uh, one of the best in the world Trent bolt one of the best uh, in the world uh, joe clark uh, he's got the only big bash century at the moment gives them that real firepower at the top of the order but we're still just have a little question mark over the depth of the stars batting so uh, it should be a real arm wrestle of a contest and at the junction oval Um, It should be a a fantastic um, uh, test for both these teams.
1: As I said, you're a very busy man, Sam, so I don't want to keep you waiting. But just one last one from you. Do you have a Scorchers and a competition prediction for us?
0: Oh, competition-wise, I honestly do think that the Renegades have got the team to, to go all the way. They're going to lose Andre Russell, and we saw how destructive he was the other night in Geelong, but they're going to get Martin Guptill one of the all-time uh, leading run scorers in T20 International. So I think they can go all the way, but I think Scorchers will absolutely make finals. I've got no doubt uh, about that. I think today, though, at Junction, at their home deck, where they do all their training, I think the Stars will get over the line in a tight one. I'm sorry to say to you, Link.
1: Thank you very much for joining us, Sam, and have a good call tonight. Anytime, Link, and have a great Christmas to you and your family and all your listeners. Welcome back to Off The Bench. If you want to listen back to the chat I just had with Sam Hargraves ahead of the Perth Scorchers match this afternoon, you can do so at sen.com.au. What I think we might do in the meantime is see what Chris Rogers had to say about the form of David Warner leading into the Boxing Day test on SEN Breakfast this morning. Buck, thanks for your time. Good morning. How are you going? How have you seen the build-up to this? I mean, there's been so much extra time to talk about it, I guess, because the, the first test... Finish so prematurely. What have been the the storylines that interest you?
3: Oh, well, there was a lot said about the pitch, wasn't there, and and, and a bit of debate about uh, whether it was it was safe or not. Um, I I don't think it's going to get any easier for the for the batters at the MCG either. I think it's going to be a um, a pretty tough one, knowing the, the the what what it's been like recently, particularly in the in the last Sheffield Shield match. So it's going to be um, it's going to be a challenge again, I think, for the bats.
1: Elga said at the toss that if he had have won the toss, he would have batted as well. Firstly, do you believe that? Was that just sort of mind games thinking that, you know, putting the thought that Cummins had made the wrong call to bowl first? And the second part to that is what do you do if you win the toss this time around?
3: (laughs) Um, It's always good in hindsight, isn't it? But um... No, nah, look, I, I, I would have been surprised if they had a, had a bat at first. And going on the MCG, I think um, anyone who wins the toss, I, I'd say, unless the, the, the grounds and Matt Page, is, is taking more grass off than usual, I, I dare say um, you'd bowl first just because the MCG mm-hmm. gets better and better and there's not a lot of ruck for the spinners. It, um, it, it spins more off the, off the grass. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, we'll see whoever wins the toss is likely to, to bowl first, but I guess we'll have to wait and see that pitch first.
2: Buck, um, your old opening partner, Davey Warner, has been plenty of heat on him, particularly over the last um, month or two as as, um, as the Test Series here in Australia has, uh, has wound up with the West Indies and, of course, now South Africa. Look, he's not getting any younger. Is there something you notice in the way he plays that that has brought about the the lack of form from his game or or it's just one of those ruts you get into sometimes?
3: Um, It's a good question, So I I think um, I I remember the best I ever saw him bat was in in South Africa in 2014 and, and the way he played... Stein and, and Morkle was, was, um, was unbelievable really. So, and I I watched a little bit of that footage um, just to have a look and, and his footwork was a little bit different. Actually, it was, it was quite interesting to what it is now. Um, I'd probably say he's not quite getting his head out at the ball. I think he's, and that just comes from a little bit of um, not so much fear, but just a bit of worry about the pace of the bowlers and, and, as you get older, the, the guys who are born quick—they they're the ones that they get harder to face, just because you you know your reactions are not quite there. So, I wonder if there's just that that little bit of trepidation when when he's batting, and not that kind of, you know, that that courage that that bravado he had when he was a bit younger.
2: Is there, is there a level of, um, I suppose, changing your game as you as you get older, Chris? You know. As the reflexes do slow that little bit, you know, is it a matter of locking up shots that you may have relied on for ten years, but suddenly they're not there, and you're really just relying then on experience and knowing the balls you then can and can't play? Is that something you've got to bring into your game as you get older?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, I always thought like you, you, you kind of lose that um, that real fight that that um, that ability to get in the contest, but what you do get is, is the ring craft and, and you, you start to understand, you know, that the little tricks and tips that um, you need to just, just to be able to kind of get yourself out of trouble. So uh, there's a bit of that. I think you just lose that, um, that real, I guess, animal instinct to get, to get stuck in. And, and even when, when it is coming down quick to get behind the line. Um, so it, it, from that point of view, you know, I, I think he's, He's finding it tough. Um, whether he can he can find a way out, I'm, I'm not so sure because these challenges don't look like they're getting any easier.
1: That was former Australian opening batsman Chris Rogers speaking to SEN Breakfast this morning. On the other side of the break, we're going to reflect on the selection standoff between Scott Boland and Josh Hazelwood and see what all the SEN experts have been saying leading into the Boxing Day Test. You're listening to Off The Bench. Welcome back to Off The Bench, where as promised, we will be reflecting on what some of SEN's experts have been saying about the potential return of Josh Hazelwood to the Australian Eleven at the expense of Scott Boland for the Boxing Day Test. To kick things off, South African legend Jonty Rhodes spoke to Sam Hargraves on SEN Afternoons, and this is what he had to say.
4: Yeah, I I made the call with regards to Hazelwood, just because from a precedent point of view, I think what Australia have here, they have, we know they have a lot of, Good fast bowlers. Selection is always tough, but if there's consistency in that sort of selection, um, if Hazelwood 100% fit, with, and how do you know he must get, you know, the medical guys must pass him? I would go back to Hazelwood, firstly because I'm so African and Scotty Boland rolled us over, um, <laughs> but just, just because, of, because of the precedent and, you know, and, and, and what it sets and, and, and how Australia have gone about it in the past. I would go back to Hazelwood if he is fit.
1: Unfortunately for Scotty Boland, despite taking six for seven in a Nash's test, at the MCG last year, former Australian all-rounder Simon O'Donnell agreed with John T. Rhodes, and this is
2: what he had to say: "Scotty Boland is relentless, you know, absolutely relentless. They just don't bowl bad balls, and then Mitchell Stark, he'll bowl your bad ball, but he'll bowl your three unplayables. Yeah. So the the balance is fantastic. It, yeah. It's brilliant what they've the stock they've got there to use. Someone's going to be disappointed. I sense it's going to be Boland. I'd love to see Scotty Boland play just because it's Melbourne, packed house." You know, South Africa, you know, bouncy wicket, what he did last year to the Poms here. I just sense that they'll go with Hazelwood. That was Simon O'Donnell speaking to SEN Breakfast earlier
1: in the week. I thought I'd touch on one last thing before we wrap up the show, that being the question marks over the MCG pitch. The pitch in Brisbane has put added pressure on the MCG surface and curator Matt Page, given the Gabba test only lasted two days. CEO of the MCC, Stuart Fox, spoke to SEN Breakfast yesterday. Oh, look, the
4: press are putting more pressure on than anyone, to Mm. be honest. And I've told Matt just to not even read it, pick up a paper or read. Um, He'll do his job and he's done a great job for the past three or four years, so... We've got no doubt about what we're about to produce. I think it'll be a good pitch and um, you know we're not too worried and I, I, we certainly don't listen to what's going on externally. In fact, I, I'd probably get a little bit angry with some of the journalism around this yeah. this issue, to be honest. He's one of the best in the game and, and he's um, produced, I think, three really good pitches for us over the last three years, so... We want him to do exactly what he's been doing. And um, we're not going to be influenced by, you know, the odd player comment or a journalist Mm. having having things to say. So um, the proof's in the pudding. So, um, you know, bring it on day one. We produced a poor pitch back in 2017. But since then, we've spent millions of dollars, got the right people in. And as I said, the last few years have been fantastic. Mm. So um, we feel like, you know, we've done our job and... I do get disappointed with some of the commentary. Right around Australia, these guys, there's a, these guys work pretty hard and it's a very, very fine line between, you know, it's a game of inches, really, between producing a good pitch and a bad pitch. So um, there is a, an art to it. But the pressure they're put under, you know, publicly, I don't think is warranted. But, look, that said... Matt's, uh, Matt's our man, and he's, uh, he's, he's, he's out there. He's had a couple of really good days of weather. Um, today's not so good, but it's looking really good for the test. So, you know, the sun's, sun's going to be out. It's actually going to be quite hot the first few days. So we're looking forward to it.
1: That was CEO of the MCC, Stuart Fox, speaking to SEN Breakfast. Well, that's just about all we've got time for on Off the Bench this afternoon. Thank you very much for joining me. I wish you all a wonderful Christmas and a Happy New Year, and we'll catch you soon on Off the Bench.